The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, September 4th, 2022, Labor Day weekend, and thank you for joining us for the Tales of the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Also, special thanks to one of our regulars who is a very big help to me. Joan is in the chat room. And let's give her and NDB Media some thank you applause. All right, I am pleased to announce that Joan says I am coming in loud and clear, so everything is good. Tonight's show, as always, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo material. Typically, we start this show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together. And then at the commercial, pardon my hiccups, uh, at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 to 10, one being, oh, my God, this is a filthy diaper and you need to remove it from my presence. And 10 is, this is absolute heaven. I have gone to Valhalla and the Valkyries are tending to me. Um, we haven't had any ones or tens, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So we will rate it using that system as well as give you guys commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. So please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff on the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented to us. I will zip through this real quick because most of you guys have already heard this. It's just an overview of all of the various shows and spinoffs and what we know. <clears throat> the final season of The Walking Dead starts October 2nd, 2022 opening with Season 11, Episode 17, ep eight episodes left that will take that to November 20th, 2022. And that is coming in five weeks. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead Season 8 is currently vaguely said to be airing in late 2022 to 2023. My best guess, based on timing, is that it will air after Walking Dead Classic ends, which would be Thanksgiving weekend. Although I have also heard they might jump it to November 5th. I'm unclear. But if they just go for the next week, it will be Thanksgiving weekend, October 27th. And then if you do the first eight episodes as is tradition, that will take them to January 15th, 2023, with part two of Fear the Walking Dead Season 8 occurring later in 2023. Uh, World Beyond has ended. There's likely a tie-in with the Commonwealth somehow. I have no information as to how. Uh, the Daryl spinoff premieres in 2023. David Zabel is showrunner. It is rumored to connect to the newly discovered advanced walkers in France and will line up a bit with the world beyond timeline of 10 years after it all began. Um, by the way, I have also heard that there may be something teasing the advanced walkers in the plot line of Walking Dead Classic when it wraps up. 
Uh, Dead in the Water Fear webisodes concluded spring 2022 are still archived on AMC On Demand if you guys have not seen them yet. This is the story of what happened to the USS Constitution and how it got how it got. Maggie and Negan in New York. Isle of the Dead has now become The Walking Dead, Dead City. Eli Jorne, a writer and co-executive producer on The Walking Dead, will be showrunner on the new series, which will be overseen by Walking Dead Chief Content Officer Scott Gemple. Cohen and Morgan will also serve as executive producers. Pardon my funky talking. All righty. Next, Walking Dead Rick and Michonne Untitled Series, also to debut in 2023. Replacing the planned Rick Grimes movies, um, this will continue the stories of so many iconic and fan-favorite Walking Dead characters. There will be six episodes. It will be a mini-season, like a lot of these other spinoffs. It is the sixth spinoff of Walking Dead after Fear, Walking Dead World Beyond, Tales of, Walking Dead Dead City, and the Daryl spinoff. Entertainment Weekly has confirmed that the announced six episodes are not a limited series, well, they're doing six episodes, so call that whatever label you want. <laughs> but what they're saying is uh, that may be the first season of a continuing series. And I have also heard that Tales is going to be like that as well, that it may be six episodes, but there might be more seasons. So they might be seasons of curtailed number, numbers of episodes. Scott Gimple revealed on Talking Dead that Rick and Michonne in this series will be reminiscent of Red Machete Rick, if any of you remember that short thing, and Michonne when she fought the governor back in, I believe, season four, probably. Might be three, could be four, can't remember. Uh, anyway, call in to speak with the host if you would like at 914-338-0314. We'll be taking calls all evening during the show. Uh, we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time, if you can, before the live show. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you'll be screened and muted at that point until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. The phones are not your thing. Join us in our live chat room online where you can ask questions, chat, and be able to listen to the show real time, as well as go back to the link and download the episode after the fact. We usually post the links for that on Facebook, NDB Media's social media, and my Twitter. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can still go to each episode link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes or Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. Tonight's Tales episode is entitled Amy slash Dr. Everett. Official AMC synopsis is, in a nature documentary set in the, quote, dead sector, a naturalist who studies walkers encounters a spirited settler. An unlikely respect is forged between the two as the settler tries to argue in favor of people taking back the land from the dead. Here comes the long part, but it's not as long as some of the episodes have been. Since each episode is self-contained, we also want to introduce the main characters, since for almost all of them, this is the first time they've been involved with the Walking Dead universe, and because of the self-contained episodes, it might possibly be their 
only. So I want to give them a full exposure and appreciation while they're here. All right. I'm just checking in with Joan to make sure everything is still copacetic, and I'm going to keep going with my notes. Let me see. That typing didn't work. Let's see. Oh, okay. Well, first off, I can't type. Dur, 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 dur. All righty. Anthony Edwards is Dr. Chauncey Everett. Edwards was born in Santa Barbara, California, the son of Erica Kem, K-E-M, Edwards Plack, nee Weber. Um, she's German, and we'll get back to that. And there's something about the naming um, traditions that I don't quite really understand, but that is how her name is listed by the bio in IMDb that Edwards oversaw. So that's his mom. Oh, excuse me. I'm an idiot. No, that, okay. That is his mom. It, this is all written untraditionally. The mother is first, and the name kind of seems masculine, but it's got maiden names in there and some other stuff. And I don't mean any offense to anybody who is German. Just culturally, I'm a little unsure how to navigate this, which is embarrassing because I have German ancestors in my um, my GEDCOM, my genealogy, and I haven't had to navigate this. So anyway, his mom, Erica, was an art, was, uh, is, I believe she's living, an artist, landscape painter, and Peter Edwards, his father, who's an architect, to whom he is one of five children. His maternal grandfather was designer Kem Weber, W-E-B-E-R-1-B. His mother was of German descent, and his father was of English, Irish, Scottish, and Spanish-Mexican ancestry. His grandfather, uh, they didn't say on which side, designed Walt Disney Studios in the 1930s, which I thought was kind of cool. And Joan says I'm still doing good, which I'm happy to hear. All righty. Edwards was encouraged by his parents to attend college before pursuing his interest in acting, which grew from the area's theater community. Remember, he was born in Santa Barbara. So, he received a scholarship to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in England and studied theater at University of Southern California, but by the age of 19 was being offered enough acting work to enable him to leave college. He has been married twice, first to Janine Lobel from 1994 to 2015. Um, they have unfortunately divorced. They have four children. And this is new news that I didn't really recall having seen before. Um, in 2021, he married Mayor Winningham of Brat Pack fame, who has been in several shows of that nature, as well as Fried Green Tomatoes and some other fun stuff. So they are now a couple. Uh, on an episode of ER in 94, he sang a song made popular by the group Sticks, Come Sail Away, when his TV wife gave birth to a baby girl. In real life, growing up as a teenager, he was a big fan of sticks because clearly he is a man of exquisite taste. And I'm just being cute because when I was younger, I also liked sticks. So I have to praise him because this is a smart thing to do. <laughs> Go into me. All righty. Um, he is an honorary board member of Access Theater, a repertory acting company comprised of disabled artists. I think this is super cool. 
A documentary directed about this group has received several awards and is being distributed in high schools around the United States. Edwards is known by most people for at least one of three of his biggest roles, Lieutenant Nick Goose Bradshaw in Top Gun, and his first starring role as Gilbert Lowell in Revenge of the Nerds and the sequels, as well as Dr. Mark Green on the TV series ER. He has three director's credits, one of which was four episodes of ER. He has eight producer's credits, including for a 2010 biopic on Temple Grandin. He has 64 acting credits going all the way back to 1973, including Walking Tall, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, he had a small part, Pet Cemetery 2, Law and Order SVU, and more. He did appear on Talking Dead on the Walking Dead Universe Preview 2022, which aired before Tales got underway. Otherwise, besides that, tonight is his first work in the Walking Dead franchise, at least on that side of the camera. All right, let me double checking in the chat room. We're good. Poppy Lou, L-I-U, and I hope I'm saying this at least close to to correctly. Pardon me if I'm not. uh, Plays Amy. Poppy Lou is a bilingual, first-generation Chinese-American actress born in, and my Chinese is is atrocious, so I will try. It's X. I apostrophe capital A N. I don't know how to say that town, and I probably should have looked it up. Uh, Joan, I don't know if that's something that you can look up for me. Um, I'm not even going to try it because I'm going to just sound like the dumb American. Uh, so anyway, that's the spelling of her town in China, and she was raised between Minnesota and Shanghai. They kind of went back and forth a bit. Poppy began performing at age four. Her early performance background began with traditional Chinese dance, which she performed for 10 years from childhood through early adolescence. At age 14, Poppy moved to Shanghai with her family, where she began studying theater, and after training at capital R-A-D-A, it's an acronym, but I don't know for what. I assume this is a school of some sort. After training at RADA, several years later, developed a love for classical tech. Upon moving to New York, Poppy made her theater debut as a member of the original cast of the five years in running Drunk Shakespeare, appearing most frequently as Lady M. Around the same time, Poppy became active in New York's downtown theater and puppetry scenes and founded what would later become a community-centered production company with the mission of centering and uplifting the stories of queer, femme, and migrant communities. In addition to acting and producing, Poppy is a full-spectrum doula, yes, you heard that right, and serves on the board of directors for Sister Song Women of Color Reproductive Justice Collective. I love how both of the actors, main actors tonight, are both advocates of various sorts. This is really nice. Poppy's entry into film began with a number of collaborations with Chinese-American and women indie filmmakers. In the fall of 2018, Poppy made her network television debut on NBC's New Amsterdam, guest starring as Amy C-H-I-A-N-G, a first-generation Chinese-American girl struggling with depression, followed by guest appearances on Law & Order SVU in 99 and Better Better Call Saul 2015 shortly after. 
In 2019, Lou had a starring role in the NBC sitcom Sunnyside, which moved to Hulu just after four episodes. Lou has also had roles on New Amsterdam. She has a recurring role as the blackjack dealer to a wealthy comedian in the 2021 HBO Max sitcom Hacks, and a recurring role as performer Double Dutch on the 2021 Paramount Plus sitcom iCarly. The last profile, um, last but not least, because this is a small part. Oh, uh, Joan has a note that I want to share with you guys. RADA might be the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. And that actually does make sense because remember I had mentioned earlier, um, let me see. Actually, no, it doesn't, it doesn't mention that she was in London. Although I don't think that's completely out of possibility. You know, I mean, she was in New York and she was in Minnesota and she was in Shanghai. And it mentions Anthony Edwards got something for London, but I don't think it's possibly wrong necessarily. So possibly Royal, Dramatic, Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. Okay, so the last profile is a small one. There's not a lot of data, but I want to give credit where it's due. Chelsea Reuter. Sunflower Walker tonight, and she's uncredited for that. So I assume there will be a walker that where sunflowers have grown, probably similar to what we see in um, World Beyond. So Chelsea is primarily a stunt woman who has worked almost exclusively with the Walking Dead franchise, save her first short, which was the very recent 2022 Terror in Tinseltown. Now, it was another zombie project, not Romero or Walking Dead related. She's done stunts on five episodes of Walking Dead Classic from 2020, 2020 to 2022. She did stunts on A Certain Doom, Here's Negan, On the Inside, Rogue Element, and The Rotten Core. Uh, so some of these uh, roles, including some bit part acting, and some of them were uncredited which is part of the reason I'm doing her bio. Uh, stunts on Tales. Uh, she did stunts last week on episode 3D. She also has done some stunts for next week's episode 5, Devon. She's a stunt double for Lone Chanball, who's an actor on that episode. And she also plays a melted walker that we'll see next week. And she has also done a little stunt work on episode 6, the season finale, La Doña. Alrighty, let me, oh, the, Joan has also been checking around. The only other one that she saw was Rural Agricultural Development Authority, and that sounds, it's it, unlikely, Joan says, that farming is a path to acting. So I, I think you're correct. I think it's the Royal Academy. All right, so let's give everybody that we profiled some appreciation and applause for their work on the show. So, as is tradition, I'd like to have extended synopses and stuff. Did I not do the synopses? No, I did the synopses. I did them for you. I just, I have forgotten. So, I'm sorry for being a little scattered. I'm actually away from the house tonight doing this on a laptop in a hotel, and it sounds like it wants to be a honky-tonk song. <laughs> But I'm away from the house in my usual setup, so I've been a little nervous to make sure everything goes okay. 
So anyway, here's the extended synopsis. And this is uh, bleedingcool.com, one of our top sources that we do, and uh, written by Ray Fluke, who is their traditional Walking Dead cover person. And he says, three chapters down and we've reached the midway point of what we're hoping is just the first of many seasons. I don't know about that, Ray. A few seasons, a couple, but let's not get crazy. Many seasons of AMC's Tales of the Walking Dead, with each living up to the horror anthology's promise to take viewers into different corners of the Walking Dead universe. And he has a link. Check out our thoughts on D here, but we're not, we're not going to cover that tonight. This week brings us the Anthony Edwards and Poppy Liu starring Amy and Dr. Everett. Directed by Haifa Almansor and written by Amadou Garba, which I will get to later on, which reportedly could give us a glimpse into the future of the franchise. Here's a look at the newest preview images released, followed by an episode overview. A couple of these preview images are in the carousel in the chat room, which is one of the reasons I like for you guys to come to the chat room, because they have a little slideshow function, and I try to populate that with photographs from the upcoming episode. And I know a lot of you don't get to see that. So that's one reason to go look for that blog talk radio instead of something like Spotify where you don't get to see that part. Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, okay, that's the official synopsis, which I've already given you. And I've already read pieces of this. There was something good that they had at the end. Or maybe it wasn't this one. Uh, there's a couple of articles I have, and one of them did a better job of ex explaining kind of what's going on with tonight's episode, because I felt like we don't really quite know what to expect, but it's not in this one. Maybe I'll find it later. At any I, I have one more article that I want to read to you guys, because it's kind of interesting. It's indirectly about tonight. So this one is from the Illuminati, with an I, dot com. It's I, it is a secondary source that I go to on occasion. So sometimes I don't really post what I'm looking for. But this one is from February, but it is interesting. Tales of the Walking Dead interested in Jake Johnson and Jimmy Smith. An intriguing new episode details. Exclusive. So, the reason I wanted to read this to you is because of the following. Although details about the series have been scarce, we here at the Illuminati have been investigating and recently found out some interesting new information. <clears throat> we recently revealed that Tales of the Walking Dead plans to have an episode focused on Alpha, a major antagonist in seasons 9 and 10 of the flagship series. However, we've also learned some new information about two other intriguing episodes of the upcoming series. According to our sources, AMC is interested in Jimmy Smith and Jake Johnson to star in two of the episodes of the anthology series. From what we have heard, Tales of the Walking Dead is interested in Jimmy Smith to lead the episode with the working title, Tales of the Walking Dead Naturalist. And what they are referring to in here is he had been looked at for the role that went to Anthony Edwards in tonight's episode. Um... AMC is interested in Jimmy Smith to play the lead character, Dr. Calder, C-A-U-L-D-E-R. kind of sounds like Cauldron, doesn't it? In the episode, Dr. Calder is described, described as headstrong, determined, a binary scientific thinker, and a naturalist. 
he has spent his life alone, devoting himself fully to the study of nature. He believes a new predator has usurped humans on the evolutionary scale and wants to preserve the new natural order. Determined not to allow people in, he regains an unexpected faith in humanity after meeting someone who forces him to question what is more important, nature or nurture. AMC is also looking for a woman in her 30s of any ethnicity to play the female lead in the episode, Kristen Lee. She is described as sharp-witted, straightforward, and unexpectedly shrewd. A longtime survivor, she consciously travels into dangerous, dangerous territory. Kristen finds great significance in human connection and is quite adept at charming people, even those who prove to be closed off. She has a unique ability to see through differences she has with others and persuade them to see her perspective using sarcasm and humor. Although details are scarce, it seems to focus on a naturalist, a scientist who studies the natural world. Given the character description, it seems like the episode could potentially take place right as the outbreak is starting, maybe, with the doctor working to preserve the new natural order based on his scientific belief. Should Jimmy Smith take the role, he could bring the perfect amount of gravitas and standoffishness to such a unique character. Exploring a new perspective, a scientist who isn't fighting to stop an apocalyptic event is an unexpectedly compelling possibility in Tales of the Walking Dead. AMC is also interested in Jake Johnson to start an episode, although we haven't been able to find out many details about the character on the episode itself. We have managed to discover that the episode's working title is Preppers, and Jake Johnson's character could be one of the leads in the episode tentatively named Joe. And as you probably have guessed, they are referring to what ended up being episode one with Evie and Joe. Um, I believe Terry Crews ended up in that role. The episode title is intriguing and seems to point out to the plot possibly surrounding doomsday preppers, people who prepare for disasters. We've got five minutes left, and I've pretty much shared the parts that I wanted to share with you, which was simply just to give you an idea of some of the early stuff in a little bit more detail about these two episodes. Um, neither of these actors ended up in these roles, and I'm certainly not impugning Terry or Anthony, who ended up being the ones that they cast in these roles. They, Terry has done an excellent job, and I'm looking forward to Anthony giving us the same. So actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and give them some applause if I can get to the correct window, just thanking them for being the final choice and looking forward to tonight. All right, it's 8.57, and we're not going to have a lot of time before we go dark, but I wanted to begin with writers and directors' profiles. As we mentioned earlier, tonight's episode was written by Amadu, A-H-M-A-D-U, Garba, and directed by Haifa Al-Mansur, H-A-I-F-A-A-L-M-A-N-S-O-U-R. And I probably have time to do Amadu's profile, I think. Amadu has lived all over the United States and around the world with life experiences unlike any other writer in Hollywood. Born in Washington, D.C., and I gotta stop and give applause, local boy, yes! <laughs> Amadu spent many years living in his family's native country of Nigeria while his father was jailed as a political prisoner. 
Upon his return to the States, he received a BA at, the George, at George Washington University, and after spending one day at law school, he packed up and moved to Hollywood. He is a 2016 Fox Writers Intensive alum, and his feature script, Augustus, was a semifinalist in the Nickel Fellowship. Amadu has written on various shows, including an untitled David O. Russell project for Amazon, Happy for Sci-Fi Channel, The Center for USA Channel, Dr. Death for Peacock, and The Girl from Plainville for Hulu. He has also sold multiple shows to AMC and Peacock. Actors credits, director's credits, and additional crew as assistant writer uncredited for Two and a Half Men and Big Bag Theory. Ten writer's credits back to 2007, including Happy, The Center, and Dr. Death. He was a consulting producer for Tales, Season 1, Episode 2, Blair and Gina. Tonight is his first writing position for the franchise, his second position overall. And now we're at 8.59, so I'm going to go ahead and go dark, and I will see you guys at the first commercial break. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, guys. We are at commercial break number one, and it's 9.06. Um, I'm actually <laughs> I'm going to start at 5.5, five, and I actually thought about going higher. Um, but Joan and I are both fussing because poor horsey. We hate it when the horses get eaten. Although it's an interesting thing that they've established about canon on the show is that the walkers will go after the horses, but I haven't seen much evidence one way or the other as to what other animals they might or might not go out for. You know, I've seen them take a deer. I don't remember if I've seen them go after household pets, you know, like cats and dogs. And they don't seem to take after the Romero zombies going after, like, you know, little rats and stuff like that, like they did on the Night of the Living Dead remake by Tom Savini, which was awesome. Um... So, Joan's fussing about the horses, as was I. And then she says, is it just me, or does this guy look like Dale from the early seasons of the original series? You know, in this way he's made up, it kind of is. Now, remember, that's Anthony Edwards of Revenge of the Nerds and ER and, and Goose. Uh, it's a very different look for him. And she says, nice, creepy opening, starting uh, in the middle of the road, 5. I'm going 5-5, five, five, and I'm feeling very favorable because... One of the things they've tried to do with Tales is to tell different stories. And the first one honestly wasn't vastly different. The second one was vastly different, but it really kind of felt like Groundhog Day. And I wasn't, it was kind of cute, but I wasn't really sure it worked. And then last week was D, and I honestly felt like, you know, it was nice to have a backstory about a character, but we've had D's backstory already. And, ooh, which reminds me that later on I have notes from Joan about whether or not she gave her real name. Um, Joan sent me that, and I wrote it down, and I have it somewhere later. And uh, Joan has said they have established that the walkers have gone after rats, and they've been used as a diversion. So, yeah, all right. So I guess probably any mammals where they can feel warmth or even see movement, because they will chase things that are not food for a minute until they realize they're not food. 
All right, it's 9.08. i got to keep an eye on when they go back, and it looks like they have. So I will shut up and see you guys at the next break. Thanks for joining us. Okay, it's 9.14, and we are at break number two. And I'm jumping up to 575 and feeling pretty strong about jumping some more later if things keep going. Um, Joan has mentioned the name Alpha gave it the kingdom when she was wearing the Hilda face mask. Or, no, her wig um, was Deborah from Alexandria or Debbie. Um, she has mentioned that... Uh, he reminds that Anthony Edwards reminds her of Dale. I also think, as he looks right now, he reminds me just a skosh of Negan as well. And Joan says, doesn't work with humans, but talks about natural predators of Homo mortis, like they aren't just dead humans. Yeah, wow. And she's going to six on this one. He's just too weird not to be fascinating, and I like her spunk. And yes, and I kind of like how this particular scenario is. Not something that's been done to death on any of the other shows, but at the same time is not so outrageously out there and different that it's kind of too far. And I got to be honest about episode two. I enjoyed watching it, but I'm not really sure I was really feeling the Groundhog Day thing belonged in, in the franchise. So I don't know. Um, let me keep going with profiles while I have a minute. Haifa Al-Mansour, and, and it actually, uh, she has an extensive profile, so I may not even finish it before we go back, but I'm going to start. Haifa Al-Mansour is the eighth out of 12 children of the poet Abdul Rahman Mansour, who introduced her to films by video, there being no movie theaters in Saudi Arabia between 83 and 2018. One of her favorite actors was Jackie Chan. She's from Al-Zulfi, but grew up in Al-Hassa. And I don't know where either of these towns are. I just assume they're in Saudi Arabia somewhere. All right. I will keep going. Although her town was conservative, her father would go to a blockbuster and grab any films that were available and bring them back home to their large family to enjoy together. Since cinema was banned in Saudi Arabia, Haifa and her family received lots of judgment and threats from the people in her conservative town but this never stopped her father from raising her and the other children to do things they felt passionate about. I'm just skipping over to keep an eye on things, and it looks like we have a trailer for something, so we may be back soon. Um, although she grew up in a liberal family with non-traditional parents, her mother still had expectations for Haifa to have a prestigious career. Her mother really wanted her to become a doctor, but that did not work out for Haifa. She also tried becoming an engineer, but that also did not happen. All right, I'm waiting to see if we go back before I say too much more. Um, we're still on a commercial, so I shall continue. With her father's encouragement, she studied comparative literature at the American University in Cairo. Although she enjoyed studying literature, this was not for her either. She experienced disappointment from her mother since she did not become a doctor, engineer, or professor, but ultimately her mother wanted her to be happy the same way that she was. Haifa's mother had a passion for singing, but was not allowed to be a singer growing up. Because she was non-traditional and a popular singer in the town, she would sing at gatherings, and Haifa would be so embarrassed. Over time, Haifa learned that her mother was courageous and did not care what other people thought of her. 
double check it again. We're still in the commercial. And not going back yet, but soon. Okay, let me keep going. Uh, her mother taught her defiance, integrity, and genuineness, and that is why Haifa eventually chased her dream. After school, Haifa worked at an oil company and taught English, but still nothing was satisfying her craving for something she was passionate about. She later competed, completed a master's degree in film studies from University of Sydney, Australia. And we are back. I will finish this at the next commercial break. Thank you. Okay, it's 9.28, and we are at break number three, and Joan is going to stay at six. I'm going to come meet her at six, and let's see, what else have we been talking about in between? I'm curious, number one, how the doctor is powering all this gear and his laptop. I don't see evidence of power lines or anything like solar, so I'm kind of curious about all that. Um, having Amy in the house is a little like having a 14-year-old that will not shut up. Um, there's use of chompers, a new nickname, although I think it may have already been used. I know Joan has the list, though, that we have been considering going over, which we'll probably do at some point. You know, possibly when some of the main series calm down and we have an extra weekend. Um, also... This is starting to sound like Revenge of the Nerds 4. He's definitely got that sort of nerdy science obsession talk going on. And she did remember to take her knife out of his wall when she left, and that's good. All right, so let's go back to Haifa's profile. And let me figure out where I left off. In Australia, yes. Haifa never thought in a million years that she would become a filmmaker one day, but felt that she could do anything she set her mind to as long as she had the support of her family, especially her father. After the first short film she made with her family about a mysterious serial killer who wore a, a and again, I'm going to spell this because I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Um, I'm not sure it's Nikab. It's N-I-Q-A with a line over it, B. And obviously it's, it's not the hijab, but it's some other face covering thing that the women have to wear. And I apologize for not knowing how to pronounce it. Haifa was very surprised that it was accepted for a film festival. The first time in her life she found, felt that people finally noticed her and listened to her. Haifa Al-Mansur is the first female filmmaker in Saudi Arabia and is regarded as one of the most significant cinematic figures in the kingdom. She finished her bachelor's degree in literature at the American University in Cairo and completed a master's degree in directing and film studies from the University of Sydney. The success of her three short films, as well as the international acclaim of her award-winning 2005 documentary, Women Without Shadows, influenced a whole new wave of Saudi filmmakers and made the issue of opening cinemas in the kingdom a front-page discussion. Within the kingdom, her work is both praised and vilified for encouraging discussion on topics generally considered too taboo, like tolerance, the dangers of orthodoxy, and the need for Saudis to take a critical look at their traditional and restrictive culture. Um, we are still in a commercial, so let's keep going. 
Um, Haifa's spouse is Brad Neiman, N-I-E-M-A-N-N, and they have two kids. She has 21 director's credits, including upcoming projects, two episodes of the TV show Florida Man this year, two episodes of Anne Rice's Mayfair Witches, a TV show in 2023, one episode of City on Fire in 2023, and The Selection, a movie based on a Kiara Cass novel, and that'll be in 2023. Tonight, as with most, uh, is her first work in The Walking Dead, so let's give them some applause. Okay, we are up to trivia. We're still in commercial break, but probably not for much longer, so I'll go ahead and start, and then we'll catch some more break number four. Trivia about tonight's episode. Tonight's the fourth episode of Tales of the Walking Dead ever. Uh, For Amy, the casting call for this character used the name Kristen Lee, as I mentioned in the article earlier. Amy is described as sharp-witted, straightforward, and unexpectedly shrewd. A longtime survivor, she consciously travels into dangerous territory. Let me double check and see how we are on commercial breaks. Um, they have the trailer for The Last of Walking Dead Classics, so we're probably going to go back in a hot second. Let me see how we're doing with that. And we are, so I'll see you guys at break number four. Okay, guys, it's 9.43, and we are at break number four, I believe. Joan is going to 6.5, and I'm going to go to 6.25, and I'm not sure she's wrong about going to 6.5. I'm really kind of digging this episode quite a bit. Um, She is looking up Chompers, and it seems like Chompers is already on the list. It's been used in fear and possibly elsewhere. And then she's going to add Homo Mortis to the list. Um, which I think is good. So definitely, this this has been one of the better episodes. Uh, let me finish the trivia about tonight's episode. We were talking about Amy's character. Um, Kristen finds great significance in human connection and is quite adept at charming people. I think I read this to you guys earlier. Um, even those who prove to be closed off. She has a unique ability to see through the difference she has with others and persuade them to see her perspective using sarcasm and humor. Amy is the first Tails character to suffer an amputation, in this case, her left arm. Co-stars were not listed. Uncredited, Ed Force is Settler. Jeff Barnett is Walker Specimen 21, who turns out to be Dr. Mosley. And Chelsea Reuter is Sunflower Walker. Trivia for this episode. First and last appearance of Chauncey Everett and Amy. This was originally the second episode of the season. However, it was rearranged for unknown reasons. They all were. And I bet you later on we'll find out the reasons because everyone's been talking about it. Okay. The original plot summary for this episode was as follows. Years into the apocalypse, so now we do have a timeline. Nature has consumed much of the world as we once knew it, and yet humans endeavor to survive. Naturalist Dr. Chauncey Everett, Anthony Edwards, has spent the last decade in voluntary isolation. However, when Amy, Poppy Lou, an extroverted survivor, knowingly crosses into no man's land, Dr. Everett's own humanity is put into question. One of the extras, portraying a dead sector settler, 
also portrayed a hilltop resident in the TV series. This is the result of the main show and Tales of the Walking Dead, both being filmed in Georgia. And that person was Ed Force, who is also Survivor 202 of Season 9, uh, Episode 11. All right, last episode trivia. Let me double check and see where we are. We're still on a commercial. So let me keep going. Last episode trivia was the third episode of Tales of the Walking Dead ever. Co-stars were Marvin LaViolette as Todd. Juan Carlos Flores as Mitch, Ann Byer as Hera, Natalie Karp as Erica, George Bryant as Mr. Langston, Ari Loeb as Seventh Man, Johnny Alexander as Tough Guy. And a double check on the commercial, I'm just making sure. See Apple TV live streaming. I'm pausing just a minute to see if we go back. We're still in a Tostitos commercial. Uh, uncredited last week, unknown as Louise, and Lucy Hun as a steamboat resident. Deaths from last week's episode. Dee's father confirmed fate pre-apocalypse. Mr. Langston, off-screen. Seventh man, tough guy. And all the following off-screen. Billy, Nolan, Jenna, Todd, Mitch, Erica, Louise, Margot, and Hera. At least 30 unnamed steamboat residents and five unnamed members of Billy's gang off screen. First and last appearance of the following characters Brooke, Nolan, Lydia chronologically, Dee chronologically, Jenna, Billy, Mr. Langston, Todd, Mitch, Erica, Louise, Hera, and the Whisperers chronologically. We are back. I will see you all at break number five. Thank you. Okay, guys, it's 9.53. This episode goes until 10 o'clock. I'll try to get all the info in for you. I am actually going to go to 6.75. Uh, there's a distinct chance I may end on a 7. I'm really, really digging this episode. Um, Joan is staying at 6.5, but she says it's a very interesting take on the future of the apocalypse. And I think we both agree that the doctor has a lot of hypocrisy. All right, let's go back to my notes and see if we can finish up here. Last week's uh, trivia. This episode was originally the season finale. However, it was rearranged for unknown reasons, as were they all. One of the extras portraying a steamboat resident was also a scavenger in the TV series. Again, the result of the main show and Tales, both being filmed in Georgia. Lucy Hun, who was a survivor number six in Tales in The Walking Dead Classic, season seven, episode eight. The steamboat used in this episode is the same steamboat that was featured in the show Ozark as the Casino Riverboat. Dee and Lydia used a variant of the Walker Guts trick, something they were also seen using in We Are the End of the World. The Whisperers are revealed not to have been formed by Dee, but as it was previously believed, but actually by a woman named Hera, who Dee later murdered and took the place of. It is Hera's face that acted as Dee's walker mask throughout the series. Chronologically, the flashbacks in We Are the End of the World occurred about a year after Dee meets Hera, but before she takes control of the Whisperers, as she has not yet met Beta before this episode, but she is not yet in control of the Whisperers when she does encounter him. 
Presumably here his murder occurs after the events of We Are the End of the World, with Dee possibly being prompted to take over the group by her meeting with Beta. Lydia is nine, turning ten in this episode. Given the fact that she is six during the flashbacks in this uh, episode Omega, it is around the third year of the apocalypse. That means this episode likely, likely takes place between seasons eight and nine of the TV series. Showrunner Channing Powell reveals that she has plans for Dee and Brooke and would like to revisit these characters in a possible future season of Tales of the Walking Dead. Channing, i got to be honest with you, honey. Brooke was not impressive, and this took way too long to expose this little snip of Dee's personality. It's not enough different from what we saw when she was in the shelter in Baltimore. I don't think this is worth pursuing, not that you really care. Um, this is where I confirmed what Joan said. Uh, she skimmed the season nine episode with Alpha meeting King Ezekiel at the fair, and Alpha introduces herself as Deborah from Alexandria, Debbie for short. And there were no errors logged in that episode. Let me double check where we are in commercial break. Um, interview with the vampire trailer. So I'm waiting to see if we go back before I say any more. And we are, so I'll see you guys at break number six. Okay, guys, it's break number six. It's 10.01, the end of the episode. Joan is ending on 6.75, and I'm ending on 7. And I have to say, this has been one of the most impressive episodes of this franchise that I have seen in a very long time. Um, I was very sad to see at the end of this episode that Amy didn't make it. I was kind of hoping she would. Um, Joan had said, not surprising, though, she did say she would rather die than live like him. And I got to say, from a storytelling standpoint, I wanted her to make it, but it was a good story that she didn't because it kind of went against the trope. And I got to praise them for this. This was some really good work and much props to everybody involved. I'm going to go ahead and go through the last of the information I have for you guys, which is not much. Um, cast birthdays this week. Sahana Srinivasan, who was Athena Mukherjee in Fear, September 4th. Today is her birthday. She's from Houston. Chad Coleman, who is Tyrese, September 6th. He's from Richmond. Gary Rake, who was a director in Season 7 of Fear, uh, September 7th. And he's from Santa Monica, California. So happy birthday to everybody, and thank you for your work on the show. Music from last week's episode uh, was the song Jambalaya Tomorrow by Clarence Buzz Chestnut, Ritz Packard, and Michael Barnett, and that was playing when they were on the riverboat. Uh, no unaccounted for characters, no talking dead, no need for discussion links. The rest of the series, the season, excuse me, uh, ep episode five next week, Devon, writers Channing Powell, director is Satro, that's 9-11, and then episode six, La Doña. Uh, writer is Vince, Lindsay Villarreal, and Deborah Campmeyer is the director, and that's September 18th. And that will wrap Tales, but Walking Dead Classic doesn't start until October 2nd, so we will have a tiny bit of a break, and I'm not sure what will happen in between. 
Other upcoming shows on NDB Media include Monday Night in America, Tomorrow with Roger Noriega, Mondays 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Uh, Phantom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the entertainment explosion of Jamie Karen and AJ as they tackle another night of TV. Recent shows have included Westworld, the season finale of Moonhaven, The Sandman, Paper Girls, and whatever else sounds intriguing. The Rock and Roll Shrink radio show will be on the 14th. That's at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. The Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. The topic is uh, to be chosen later. Travel Itch Radio, Thursday, 9-8 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 474th episode, and their topic is to be announced. Um, here is a new show on NDB Media that I finally got information for so I can include for you. Uh, Ever New, and that's going to be, I believe, on the 10th. At 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 10, 9, 8, no, 10, 11.30, 12.30, 1.30. So it'll be 1.30 Eastern Time uh, with host Chris M. Smith and Hannah McCrane and guests. Ever New is about living out loud, forging lasting connections, and visiting with effervescent thinkers and dreamers. It's an uplifting hour that promises to leave everyone feeling better. So who's up for some fun? This may be the week that they announce some very special news that will delight DeForest Kelly fans. She's been told the announcement will be a week earlier than planned, which was September 15th. So the official announcement goes out later this week. She can tell you a lot more about it on this episode of Evernew. If not, it will have to wait until the next episode on September 4th. And I apologize. Some of this writing got a little mixed up, and I may be misgendering Chris, and I apologize for that if so. I, I believe Chris may go by male pronoun, so this is my bad, and I apologize for that. Um, a new, ever-new podcast will air every other Saturday from September 10th on at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 1.30 Eastern Time, at the same Twitch and NDB Media link. On the And that will be posted on the public NDB Media page because it's not on Blog Talk Radio. All right, so I appreciate you all. Thank you for joining us. Not only those who joined us tonight, but those of you who might be listening later on via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. We hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on this same network. So please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Good night.